Hey everybody, so before we jump into today's podcast, I just wanted to A, thank you guys, give you a little bit of a reminder. If you enjoy this content, however you're watching it, consuming it, please like, follow, subscribe, whatever you gotta do, comment on it. If you can, leave us a review, it really helps us out and it can help grow our platform and reach more people. And if you know someone that can benefit from this, please share it with them. If you have a question, if you wanna reach out to us, let us know. And then lastly, we have all of our amazing programs, courses, and coaching available in the resources below. So check that out, definitely take advantage of it. We have everything from free options all the way up to paid programs and everything in between to fit pretty much anyone's budget. And it's just a matter of how customized it's going to be based on the price point. So there's really something for everybody. Thank you guys. Let's get on into the episode. Cheers, everybody. What is going on, y'all? So I have to apologize to you guys right off the bat. Sorry that Chuck is not on this one. We actually recorded a podcast for whatever reason, we had some audio difficulties. The audio didn't work. So I got to re-record this and the schedule didn't line up. So Chuck isn't going to be on part two, but we're going to have him back on for part three. He's going to do a three-part series. This is part two of autoimmune health and inflammation. So I wanted to elaborate because I got questions on part one. And also I wanted to dig a little bit deeper into some of the topics, give you guys some more actionable steps related to autoimmune health and inflammation. And we'll kind of even elaborate on that a little bit more here in part three that'll come up after this episode. But for part two, we're going to look at a little bit more on the gut health, the role it plays with um, both autoimmune diseases as well as inflammation. We'll go over fermented foods, we'll go over exercise, how that can come into play, and some more detail-oriented things that kind of come up in between and some more resources that you can find below. But before we dig into that, again, I wanted to share with you guys, uh, we have our nutrition course that actually is a great fit. Now, I'm not saying do this without your doctor, talk to your doctor, but it can be a great fit for autoimmune-related components and nutrition plans. Still work with your doctor, your medical team, but it can be a great complement to it because we do eliminate a lot of uh, processed foods and inflammatory-based foods, potentially inflammatory-based foods, depending on what your condition is, and helping with your gut, maybe even looking at leaky gut and some uh, permeability that's going on there and some things related to that. So again, we have the resources here. Uh, you can check below both our nutrition course. We have our pro coach program as well. We can work one-on-one -on -one with our coaching team. We have our fitness and nutrition vault where you get access to all the different resources and you can now we're even incorporating access from our fitness and nutrition vault and our pro coach plan. You'll get access to our nutrition course as well as part of the program. So that's like a new thing based on your feedback. We appreciate you guys. Now, if you only want the nutrition course, we also integrated whether you want to do a one-time payment we have payment plans from one month three month to 12 month payment plans to make it the most affordable option for you so you can check all those resources below with that being said let's dig on into it so i wanted to highlight from episode one or part one of this multi-part series for autoimmune conditions and inflammation i was looking at overall autoimmunity and the role that it plays with your gut health and how your gut can have a huge impact on autoimmunity. So one of the questions that brought up as a side question that I wanted to dig into um, was the role some other conditions and kind of diseases can be related to this or how they can be related. Excuse me. For example, gingivitis is one that came up, which is a gum-based condition or disease that most of the time it's actually not. And the question was related like, hey, how does my gingivitis impact my autoimmunity? 
and my autoimmune disease, usually what's happening here, and everyone's different, but from the very like macro scale of it, and even digging into a micro scale, but even the macro scale first, the autoimmune condition will create more susceptibility in getting other types of conditions. So when we look at autoimmunity, the bigger general view here is your body is attacking itself for the most part. So what that means is your body has a built-in uh, kind of immunity system and self-defense mechanisms where it creates cells to then protect your body from foreign invaders, bacteria, viruses, so on and so forth. Then what happens is with a lot of autoimmunity conditions, your body starts to actually attack itself and can cause pain, it can cause inflammation, it can cause other diseases, rheumatoid arthritis. The list goes on and on and on with all these different variations of conditions related to autoimmunity. And gingivitis can be one of them. So the more your body starts to attack itself, the less your immune system's functioning properly, the more susceptible you are to other conditions and diseases, and gingivitis can be one of them. Now, if you have gingivitis, it can also make it more susceptible to being vulnerable for other conditions as well, because when you have gum disease, and again, I'm not a dentist or a doctor in the specialty, so this starts to, I'm gonna stay within my scope here, but share some basic insight that I do have and, and just going over for my like health licensures and certifications, we had to cover some of this, but I'm gonna stay within my scope here. Um, basically think of it this way, anytime you have either like an opening in your body from your skin where, where bacteria and things can get in, like in your gums, you have an infection, you have like a cut on your body, anything that your, your body's open and exposed to the outside elements, you're more susceptible to an infection or to your immune system being compromised. And that's where having a healthy immune system becomes very helpful and important because it can help fight off some of that vulnerability. But if you have autoimmune disease, your body can attack itself and actually not perform at its best when it comes to immune roles and functions like fighting off bacteria, viruses, things like that. So that's one aspect. I hope that kind of helps answer that question for the person that was watching or listening for that. Let, let us know in the comments if that's helpful. Any other questions you guys have on that, feel free to please let us know in the comments. I love hearing from you guys. If it's helpful, if it's not helpful, please let me know. So what does that mean? What can I do? That's probably the question I can hear next is not just, and, and, and this is where it's hard because there's like over a hundred different potential conditions related to autoimmune disease. So we can't cover each one individually. That would be way too hard. But we can start to look at some of the basic themes here. One of the things I wanted to cover, we even covered on a uh, social media post we made with some of the most common symptoms you'll see associated with autoimmune conditions, disease, and inflammation in general. So one is going to be chronic reoccurring fevers that can't be explained with, you know, a, you know, being sick or like you had a cold or a flu, fever, things like that associated. You're just constantly having a fever and you can't really understand the source of it. That can be one thing. And if you have like a couple of, more than one of these symptoms, like three or more, even if you have one, I would say talk to your doctor, but it can be so hard because it can be really stressful. So one is reoccurring fevers. Two would be, you know, any kind of like skin conditions that aren't clearing up on their own. Like if you have a sore or a cut or anything like that, and it's not normally healing like it would, taking more time, that could be a potential indication that you have a condition where the, that autoimmunity is like a, a compromised situation for you or a condition you might be dealing with. Then also looking at abdominal distress and digestion distress or GI distress. So if you're constantly having stomach pain, if you're constantly having issues going to the bathroom, whether it's on the constipation side or even on the diarrhea side, like having those extreme ends or you're just constantly in pain, that could be an indication, again, something going on with your body, even leaky gut or something related to that that can also be attributed to autoimmunity. Then if we dig even deeper, so we, again, just to recap, we have reoccurring fever, we have 
our uh, potential like sores, cuts, and skin conditions. Um, also looking at GI distress, your stomach. And then another one is overall pain. If you're overall constantly in pain or swollen or inflamed, that can also be an indicator that your body has an autoimmunity kind of uh, condition going on. And again, there's uh, so many different individual ones, it's hard to go over them individually, but I wanted to just kind of throw that out there. So those are some of the symptoms. If you guys have a couple of those or more, you have all of them, it's definitely something you should bring up to your doctor and have a conversation with them and see their thoughts. And then let's say you're saying, hey, you know what? Yes, your, your doctor's saying, hey, we we're able to like assess this, use our checks, and it looks like you have, I'm gonna say rheumatoid arthritis is one of them, or maybe you have lupus, or maybe you have fibromyalgia, or whatever could be related to that autoimmunity condition or a variety of different ones. Now, what's the next steps? Again, work with your doctor, work with your medical team. I don't have your specific blood work or information in front of me. Um, it starts to go outside my scope with those kind of things for specifics there. However, there's some general things that could be helpful across the board, but still run this by your medical team. One of them can be, again, looking at some nutritional things that we're putting into our body, trying to eliminate, no matter what you're doing, eliminating processed foods. So things that are in boxes and cans or things like that that have multiple ingredients like 10 plus ingredients those are the kind of things you don't want to be putting into your body you want to try and have as raw you know whole based plant-based foods as possible even animal-based foods can be okay depending on which ones they are and how your body responds but trying to have like minimally processed things so if you're like having a box of cereal that's not the greatest move and listen i even have like magic spoon cereal right here behind me. I like it. Now, if you're having issues with your gut, that may not be an option. Even though it's great protein, you know, gluten-free, all that other stuff, it has dairy in it. So maybe that's not something that your body can be responding to. So like eliminating dairy could be an option. Eliminating animal-based products can be an option. Starting to eliminate foods in general and then reintroduce them after two to three months. That's one thing we got. I talked about in the last um, episode was the idea of, don't mind my TV that's, that's talking here. It's like the screen goes off because I have some interesting facts pulled up that I want to reference, um, is the idea that when we're talking with the nutritionist, the integrative medical team from my business trip and looking at Canyon Ranch, one of the things I took away from it was, you know, eliminate foods and then reintroduce them after a month or two months or three months, depending on, you know, how, whatever your team recommends and how you see your body responding and do a one by one. So you can take notes on how your body actually responds to reintroducing that food back into your system. If you start to notice some of those responses go away and you reintroduce it and they're still gone, then it's not that food. But if you reintroduce it and then you start to notice those same symptoms again, could potentially be that food. And there's also, again, I'll put a link below, meal sensitivity tests that we recommend to our clients a lot of times, not even if they're facing autoimmunity conditions or inflammation, but just in general, that can be very revealing. And that's where Chuck, when he was on, and he's talked about this in other variations of topics, he was experiencing, he's done his meal sensitivity testing experience. He had issues with broccoli. He had issues even with turkey because his, his, body wasn't able to fully process it and he's having a negative response to it. So when he eliminated it for a period of time, his body was able to kind of heal and get past that and repair. And then he reintroduced it and he actually felt better after three months of doing that because his body was able to kind of take care of itself without constantly being inflamed, which is a really cool thing about the body. So that's one of the things that I wanted to recommend there is getting a meal sensitivity test if you can. We'll put the resources below for the ones that we like. Talk to your doctor about that as well. They can do different blood work if, you, if, if they wanna run that for you and if you're covered by that. And if not, there's other tests for like 150 bucks. If that's within your price range, you can just invest in that. Get a meal sensitivity test and look at what you might be responding to. You might be surprised what comes up there. Um, that's a, a big one on the nutritional side. Also, secondarily, so we have minimalized processed foods and pull out sugar, any kind of added sugars, like no matter what, 
is going on, like added sugar is not ever a good thing for you. When I say added sugar, I mean, you know, basically processed sugars, like white sugar, um, added sugar to your foods, like even in your coffee, in, in your drinks, things like that, sodas, uh, Gatorades even, Powerade, whatever. Don't have added sugar in your nutrition plan. Get it from fruit. Get it from your foods. Don't add additional sugar to that. Even maple syrup, even honey possibly, even agave nectar, those kinds of things that might even be natural quote unquote sources of which they are. However, your body still might be having an adverse response to that sugar and it may not be helping you. And then you have insulin potential, uh, you know, uh, insensitivity to it. And then you have issues going on potentially diabetes and all types of other things that goes outside even the scope of what we're talking about here, but they can all be interconnected and something to just try and minimize. So minimize the sugar intake, minimize the processed foods, and also do a meal sensitivity test if you can or do blood work around that. That's on the nutrition side. Last piece on the nutrition side I talked about in the last episode that I, I had questions on and may, may have been a little confusing is looking at supplements for uh, probiotics and prebiotics, as well as foods that'll be rich in biotic dense options and the bacteria that you want in your gut. So an interesting thing is again, our bacteria has bacteria, or our gut has bacteria in it, or our, our intestines have bacteria in it. And there's different strains of bacteria. And again, I'll put more resources below so you guys can kind of dig into that and see the different types. And one of the important things is depending on the type of bacteria that's flourishing, it can actually impact our digestion. It can impact our immune system and how well it's functioning. It can impact our mood regulation, our brain function, serotonin production. There's so many impacts from bacteria in our gut and our overall health and then the autoimmunity and inflammation response systems that go along with it. So some of the best things that you can do is having fermented foods. And again, the question is, what does that look like? What can I do? I'll put more resources below, but some of the most common ones are fermented foods like sauerkraut or kimchi. If you guys don't like that, I understand you can even pickle your own foods. Now, when I was talking to our nutritionist at Canyon Ranch or the nutritionist at Canyon Ranch, they brought up a really good point. The downside of sometimes pickling and fermenting your own food is you can mess up. You can do it wrong and there can be some potential downsides. You have to be very careful with what you're doing. So it's always best and this is, again, I kind of agree with this perspective. They brought up a really good point. It's best to get it from a source that you can trust that's regulated. Now, I'm not a huge fan of the FDA or certain governing agencies. However, there are certain safety precautions they build into these types of foods, especially fermented foods versus, and if you have a system down and you you are confident in doing it yourself, I'm, you feel comfortable with that? Fine, do it. I'm just sharing with you what, based on some of the medical professionals I work with and their insight and even where I'm at, some thoughts around it. And again, we'll provide resources that can be helpful on like where to go, what are some good sources, how you might even resources, how to do it on your own if you want to do that again, but highly have to just kind of put this out as almost a disclaimer. Like there is a risk involved with that. If you mess it up, there can be some downsides to having the wrong types of bacteria and even getting sick from that. So just throwing that out there. Now, you can also have Greek yogurt. You can have kefir. That has some really good uh, bacteria-rich sources that you're going to want. That's from a food source perspective. Now, on the supplement side, you can have prebiotics and probiotic supplements. And I'll put resources below that can be helpful there that will help your body have its own bacteria. Now, the downsides, and I was talking to the nutritionist, and she brought up this interesting point I never really thought about, is with most supplement sources of pre and probiotics, there are are not gonna actually stay and flourish on their own. They're gonna be there from a supplement source for about 24 hours and your body's gonna excrete it and it's not gonna continue to flourish the bacteria. Meaning you take that supplement, 
whatever bacteria it has, your body's breaking it down and getting rid of it. It's gonna help you for the 24 hours that it's there or however long your body has it in the system before it digests it, but it's not gonna flourish and colonize the bacteria to stay. When you have it from a, a consistent source of food, that helps the bacteria to colonize and like procreate itself in your gut, which is gonna have a long-term option. And then you can continue to feed it with those foods that are gonna be rich in the bacteria that you want. Again, I'll have more resources below for that for you guys can check out. So that's on the nutrition side. On the exercise piece of it, exercise can be really helpful. There is downsides though, potentially on if it's like fibromyalgia, rheumatoid arthritis, other types of arthritis. And there's different studies that can support exercise helping arthritis. However, because there is a pain component, there's a neurological component. If you notice the exercise is causing pain and swelling and inflammation, it may not be the best move for your body and for you. That's where you have to try out individual options, whether it's walking, whether it's weight training, whether it's martial arts, grappling, striking, whether it's another sport or a skill, whether it's bike, biking or cycling, whether it's swimming, whether it's running, whatever that can look like, using like an echo bike like we have here, or doing high intensity interval training with no impact. You can do like resistance bands or a kettlebell or dumbbells, or and you can do so many things to work your body, and you have to kind of yoga, Pilates, um, you know, even meditation can be helpful for, for a lot of different components. So all those pieces from an exercise standpoint, you have to kind of figure out for yourself. So again, I'll have those resources below that can be helpful there. And we, again, have a lot of these resources in our fitness and nutrition vault. If you guys want to check that out, if you're members of our program already, check in your account. You'll have access to the fitness vault. Um, if not, and you're interested in signing up again, you can sign up below or you can just check it out on our social media. We post a lot of resources for you guys as well. And I try and share as much as I can with you guys so that whether you can uh, afford to invest in it, you have a certain budget in mind, or you don't have any and that you need free resources. I feel like there's something for everyone. It's just, what does that look like? How customized is it going to be? And how specific to your individual situation is it going to be? That's really what it comes down to. So that's kind of on the exercise. We have the nutrition side, we have the exercise piece. Lastly, even the stress management. Stress can be such a huge kind of catalyst or factor with your immune function, autoimmunity and inflammation. So really stress and sleep. I'll kind of put those together. So when it comes down to stress, try and have ways you can manage your stress. First off, trying to prevent it in the first place. If you know a situation is going to stress you out, try and avoid that situation if you can, if you have control of it. Like if you have certain people in your life that stress you out, eliminate them as hard as that can be. If they're not helpful for your life and they're not a positive in your life, they, they probably shouldn't be there, right? Um, but again, talk to your therapist or talk to somebody else about that. I can't specifically speak to your situation, but that's just my two cents. On the other side, sleep. I'll put a sleep hygiene kind of uh, resource below. We also have, again, other podcasts. You can check out uh, other episodes here on the podcast, whether you're watching this on YouTube or on social media or on our, our whatever bud, a podcasting platform that we have. Um, we have episodes there that dig into sleep hygiene and sleep routine and the importance of sleep and things you can do about that. We'll talk about it time and time again. So I won't go too far into that, but definitely focus on your sleep. Focus on your stress management from the exercise piece. Find what works for you, but get exercise in where you can. And the nutritional piece, focus on what you're putting into your body to give yourself a net positive impact. And as much as possible, have a journal or use your phone, but document everything and jot it down and see how your body responds. Because then you can go back later, six months down the line and see like, oh, my body did feel good with this. This was awesome. So that's what I'm going to bring it home with y'all. Again, my apologies that the original episode we shot with Chuck 
the audio got dropped, but uh, hopefully this was still very helpful for you guys. Chuck will be back for part three. We're probably gonna have to dig into a part three on this one to elaborate even more, probably with some questions that'll come up. And if not, we'll keep it moving right along. We have some really exciting episodes and podcasts going on. And lastly, if you made it this far, I just wanna remind you guys or throw your heads up, we are going to have a Black Friday special, Cyber Monday, but we're gonna do it pretty much for a, a certain window of time. And with that window of time, we're only going to be sharing that with our newsletter. So if you wanna sign up for our newsletter, it's free below. And with our audience on our private Facebook group and our private social media platforms. So if you guys wanna be a part of that, again, I'll have the resources below. Check that out. We'll offer up specials for you guys there, but we're not really gonna offer it up to the public, to be honest with you guys. Um, it's really just gonna be for like the people that kind of subscribe and are a part of our team and the community that we're building. So with that being said, I'll check you guys later. Yeah, y'all. So I just wanted to say thank you guys again for watching, listening, consuming that episode. If you guys enjoyed it and you haven't already, please like, uh, please comment. If you haven't reviewed, please leave a review. If you haven't followed or subscribed, please do that as well. Again, it tremendously helps us out. And then just a quick reminder, if you guys want more resources, we have them below. We have our programs, everything from free all the way up to paid and kind of everything in between dial in with the customization and we have more information on different programs and resources in our newsletter. So if you haven't signed up for that, do so below. It's free. And that is it y'all. See you on the next one.